0: Hello to everyone listening. This is the That Planet Mask podcast with Grayson Mask. I'm here with Cornelius Arnick of Tequila with Friends. And really, I reached out because I wanted to have more conversations with people within the wine and spirits environment, because that's where my job is. Um, But especially just in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I'm just kind of wanting to see on how new um, spirits brands are adapting to this pandemic and how are they getting their name out there in such a competitive environment. So again, uh, thank you, Cornelius, for jumping on this podcast with me.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me and looking forward to this conversation.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I got to really first ask on, really, I wanted to ask about kind of the title, Tequila Friends. I I mean, I I was definitely a fan of kind of the title because I think of You know, there's definitely some good tequilas out there, but then, you know, you see either the name or the packaging. It's like, man, I I don't know if I would be able to remember this name or, you know, what if I was walking down Iowa, I pick this what I realistically pick this out. Um, So I just want to ask, you know, is friendship a key component to your brand or um, where did that come from?
1: Yeah, man, the name is uh, one of those interesting things that myself and the team. Uh, we were going through trying to figure out what do we call our brand. Um, so initially uh, we started off blogging about um, tequilas. So um, the blog was called Tequila with Friends. Um, so the premise was to just talk about the different type of tequilas that were out there um, to talk about how do you best pair them um, to just kind of give people the insight on, you know, just the whole world of tequila. Um, and then when we finally decided to make a transition to creating our own brand. Um, we were trying to figure out what do we call our tequila? Um, the first name we came up with was uh, Three Amigos, uh, Los Hermanos. I um, like, it just doesn't seem catchy. It just seems like too repetitive or into the same um, rat race that a lot of the naming when it comes to tequilas. And so we just wanted to be genuine to ourselves and keep our brand based on the things that we started it with, which was Friendship. And so we just said, why not? Let's leave it with Tequila with Friends. And then so we stuck with that. And tequila, te, and today we're Tequila with Friends. And some folks just call it TWF for short. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I definitely, uh, yeah, I didn't know the different names that you guys went through. Because I can imagine the three amigos, uh, yeah, it definitely might have sounded a little forced. Um, tequila Friends, I think, is very direct and straight to the point. And, you know, actually, as a name, I think, I, you know, I'd be able to kind of remember.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah so cool. just coming up with a name for the tequila was it, it was fun when um, we actually started telling people that we're just going to call it tequila with friends at first some folks were thinking it was too wordy um, then they started to catch on like I actually I like it it's a vibe um, it speaks to the true nature of your brand which is embodiment of friendship so um, we decided to stick with it roll with it and here we are today um funny story about that when we landed our distribution partner our first meeting that we had with them uh one of the partners there um they were like they were going to be totally honest with us they didn't like the name it reminded them of like a karen's book club um (laughs) and so interesting we were like you know what if karen and her folks in her book club like our tequila that is perfectly fine with us and so uh uh it was just kind of a, a good inside joke about the name of the brand. But yeah, some tequila friends, we're here to stay. The, the name's not going anywhere. Um if it's too <laughs> wordy for some folks, it's TWF for sure.
0: hmm No, that yeah, that's funny. You you should definitely do a slogan for the for your inner Karen.
1: <laughs> yeah, for inner Karen. Yeah,
0: yeah. so back with the, so back to the blog. So what were some of the uh I guess blog posts that you wrote on tequila?
1: Oh man, it's been a while. Uh, but I think really it was just the 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 origin of tequila. Where do where does tequila come from? Um, a lot of folks drink tequila, but they don't have any idea about the history or the t- traditions of tequila. And so that was probably just our premise. We wanted to uh, make sure that with our blog that we were teaching people about tequilas. So teaching them about how do you get a blanco? How do you get a reposado? How do you get an añejo? How long does it take for an agave to mature? So those are the type of te- things that we were talking about when we were blogging. So it really we was focusing, like I said, on just the educational piece and and, and bringing the um, history of tequila to the forefront to our, our audience.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was uh, so was there a single, I guess, a specific moment where you guys saw saw that you guys were very well versed in tequila and thought, hey, really, with this idea of tequila friends, we might be thinking of a concept that is an untapped market with tequila was it what kind of led to that trip down to mexico on kind of seeking a distribution partner
1: um i think we were uh like i said with the blogging and everything about the tequilas we were like we were doing it uh, very frequently just posting different things about the different brands that were out there so we'll talk about all of the big name common brands that people go to daily and just promote those brands um myself and my partners, we were t- we took a trip to Colombia uh, Columbia, South America. Um, so every year we try to take try to take a trip out of the country. And we were there, of course, drinking tequila, and we were just having a conversation and was like, Why the hell not create our own tequila? Um, that we know is going to taste exactly like we want it every time. It's going to be super smooth, and we can be proud of this product that we created. Um, so that's what really sparked it. And then from there, we just planned a few trips down to Mexico um, and met with um, manufacturers, met with importers, just did the whole process and figured out, okay, this is something that we can accomplish. And we just decided to make it happen from there.
0: Nah, that's Yeah, that's really cool. What uh, part of Mexico did you go into?
1: So you have to go to uh, Tequila Jalisco. Um, But to get there, you fly into Guadalajara. Um, It's about an hour, hour and a half drive up from there. Um, So our first time went down there, we did the whole tourist thing. Um, So there's a Jose Cuevo train. You can ride from Guadalajara up to Tequila. And it's literally unlimited uh, Jose Cuevo. It's a great experience. So uh, we had a lot of fun. We drank a lot of tequila. Um, but, yeah, so flying into there, and then, like I said, rode the train up the first time, and then every other time we just rent a car because now, obviously, we're not traveling to Jose Cuervo's manufacturing plant. Like I said, that was just a tourist thing. Now we're going to our, our, our producer um, with our rental car and just exploring, going to the fields to see how where our agave is growing from and everything. So it's been a fun process.
0: hmm Was there any, um, I guess, key lessons you learned from that trip? Because I can imagine that even though you had the blog, you know, you were learning, you did a lot of learning about the history and the manufacturing of tequila. I can imagine that there's, I mean, it's different from writing about it versus actually getting it to Mexico and, you know, seeing the plants, you know, speaking to people that work with um, that actually work with growing it. Was there anything that was an eye opener for you?
1: Man, uh, so many different things. Uh, but if I had to pick one, it was one just to seeing the the demand of the agave plants and how 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 plentiful uh, there was agave just around the whole region of Tequila, Jalisco. I mean, you got to think how long it takes for agave to mature. Um, to about five to seven years. That's a long time. You know, a lot of people think that you can just kind of turn over tequila pretty quickly, but it takes a long time for this agave to mature and grow so that you can get um a quality tequila. Some agave, they, they let it grow and mature for about 12 years. Um, so that was very eye-opening. And then just the process of actually going through and creating the tequila, that was um eye-opening as well. And then, two just... Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out your taste palette when trying to figure out the proper um, taste that you want your tequila to be, how smooth that you want it to be, that you want it to have a bite, that you want it to have an aftertaste. Mm-hmm. And so just the little nuances of going through that process, that was a very eye opening. And then just from a business standpoint, an operational standpoint, figuring out how long it actually takes to produce the tequila. How long will it take to get it from Mexico to um, Texas? How long, uh, how much do you need your importer um, to do their part of the process? So it's just uh, a lot of things from start to finish that uh, we did not know. Um, I will be honest. Everyone on team will be honest. We were very green coming into this. We yeah. none of us had any experience into alcohol, the alcohol industry as a whole. So we had to learn everything from scratch. So we spent countless hours um, just researching and figuring it out. And I would say that there was a lot of trial, trial and error. Um, nothing was done perfectly on the first try. We made uh, plenty of mistakes that cost us a lot of money. But we all we all learned from it. So it, it was a lesson learned. So um, I don't think that our business will be here today without those great growing pains. <laughs>
0: yeah I, how much was like how long was that i guess that trial and error because you talked about just the little nuances on you know the taste on you. you would taste something it's like oh i have to make like a little tweak here like how many uh how many like taste test things did you guys have to do until man, you had a finalized product
1: Who to get the finalized product man i would say we took three trips down and we were down there for uh about uh, four or five days at a time just tasting and going through this. So think about it. You're in one setting, and you have cups upon cups upon cups of tequila, different flavors, different profiles. You can add whatever ingredients you want to spice it up or to change the, the, the taste of it. So after a while, you start to notice, okay, I may be a little intoxicated because it all started to taste the same. You got to go home, rest, take a nap, eat good, and start over the next day. And so Mm -hmm. it it was, was, like I said, it's not something that can be done in one day. Um, It's definitely going to take, like I said, a few times down to actually get the perfect balance. And like our tequila, we wanted something that was very smooth. Um, Our agave comes from a mixture of lowland and highland agave. So Mm -hmm. you get some of that earthy, but you get some of the sweet, um, mixture as well, and it goes down very smooth. There's no crazy or nasty aftertaste. Um, you know how a lot of folks make that that weird bitter beer face when they taste take a shot of tequila. There's that is not without our tequila. It's something that's very smooth. Anyone can drink it. Um, you can drink it neat. You can drink it on the rocks. Um, that's the way that we prefer. it, um, But for others, like I said, if you decide to mix it with something, the only thing we prefer to mix it with is friends. That's all you need.
0: Mm. No, that's definitely – has there been any um, trips recently back to Mexico with uh, – are you guys – I know you guys have the um, the original product, but has there been any trips to possibly create new um, products down the line?
1: Yes, we have been down um, – so with COVID and everything, that kind of halted a lot of things, but we did take a trip down, um, I want to say August, September – I'm um, just so starting working on some new products that I actually going to roll out. So currently on, we, on the market, we have our uh, Blanco that's available. Um, so when we went down this last time, we had already started the process to create our Reposado and Añejo. Um, so we're letting it age a little bit, going down the taste tested, fine tuning to make sure that those were um, to our uh, preference. So those are two new products that are coming out. Then we also have a, um, a Crystallino. Uh, that'll be released into the market as well so we yeah, big things are coming for Tequila with Friends, super excited um, but yeah, that last trip was around August, September um, to just kind of finalize some, some key things and details with uh, our next few sweets that, uh, expressions that'll be coming up
0: Yeah, definitely so you talked about um, really with all your friends coming into this industry without any previous industry experience and that you guys didn't have the Solify connections and I was kind of wondering on what was it like and how did you make, um, those introductions to potential distributors, manufacturers, um, really with on and off premise customers. Uh, was it, was there uh, a difficulty on making th- those connections without any previous experience?
1: Oh man, this has been the fun part. Uh, and I would say that we're still going through this today. Um, Jess, when it comes to landing distribution, uh, it was, with COVID happening, uh, we knew that we were in a peculiar situation, that um, there's typically a time frame when distribution partners are considering um, onboarding new product, and that's typically within the first quarter of the year, Um, but when we were ready, it was mid-summer, early fall, it was like, this year's different why not just go ahead and take our chances um, and just shoot our shot to see um, if we can land something. So, shot off a lot of emails, set up a lot of meetings, scheduling uh, scheduled tastings and everything with several different distribution, distribution um, partners. Um, and it was one, it was interesting just to see their feedback of the tequila, which uh, nearly all of them really enjoyed it, but it was just the timing for them was not correct with Bringing, bringing a new product into the market with so much uncertainty going on. So with COVID happening, the yes the demand for spirit sales was going through the roof but that wasn't the demand for new spirits. This was for your normal household brands that everyone know, knows. Mm-hmm. And so bringing on a new brand in the middle of COVID made a lot of people uh, skeptical or hesitant to just kind of go, go down that route at that time. So some folks were like, oh, just come visit us at the beginning of 2021 and then we can restart the conversation. So for us, um, we did not let that deter us. We knew that we were going to get told no several times before we finally got a yes. Um, and so we just kept shooting, kept pitching. And then we finally landed uh, a great distribution partner with favorite Brands. And they um, they believed in us. They believed in our product. They believed in our story. And they decided to give us a shot in the middle of the pandemic. And We are so very grateful and very thankful that they did because uh, we launched our product in November of 2020 and we cannot keep our product on the shelves right now, um, which is a great thing. Um, Our product is moving really well. And so um, we are very thankful that Faber Brands decided to believe in us, believe in our mission. And um, yeah, so like I said, it was it was difficult. But like I said, you just got to have someone on the other side that's willing to give you a shot. I mean, once we did that, now the the work transitioned to our team to develop out, okay, what does our sales team look like? What does our ambassador program look like? How are we going to hit the streets? Are we going to focus on on on-premise, off-premise? So now that's when the real work started for our team. Um, And then we just really just kind of hit the the ground, boosted the ground, and just started pushing. Um, And then, like I said today, we're in several locations, on-premise and off-premise, and we're just continuing, hoping to continue to grow.
0: Definitely. And you kind of brought the on and off premise. Um, so I guess, uh, without thinking about COVID-19, what has been the, um, uh, the main priority right now, uh, as far as, uh, your marketing is that, is Tequila with Friends, do you consider it more of a on premise push or off premise?
1: So Tequila with Friends, I would say that we are, we're both, um, mm-hmm. just because of the name of the brand. Um, Regardless of where people are mingling that, it could be at your home, it could be at a friend's house, it could be at a park, it could be at a bar or restaurant, there's always going to be a group of friends that are there enjoying their time. So Tequila Friends fits on-premise, off-premise very well. It, it really doesn't matter. Um, but as far as our strategy, um, going through 2020 and COVID, we wanted to make a push for off-premise Simply because you wanted to, uh, one, take advantage of everyone having those small gatherings at their own homes. Um, And then, two, just kind of being respectful of the the COVID guidelines. Because we know that a lot of people weren't going to on-premise locations. So that was our strategy then. Um, We knew that on-premise was not necessarily a hot topic because folks couldn't really go. And then on-premise bar managers, they were hesitant to bring on new product at the time because, one, They had a lot of product that was just sitting there that they needed to sell. So bringing in a new product, this didn't make sense at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So now as Dallas is starting to open back up, we are focusing on, obviously, we still want push for off-premise, but now we can start targeting some of these on-premise locations because people are starting to come back um, and they're comfortable with being outside. And so... Our team is able to put together some activations, go into these on premise lo- locations, and, and just kind of pitch the brand from
0: there. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, definitely. Can you explain more on kind of what some of these activations have looked like? Because I know you, um, you know, you specifically talked about um, really with COVID nineteen, where there was kind of a push towards people who were going towards loyalty brands, and that that seems like the ongoing message that I hear from a lot of. DFW new wine and spirits companies where they really talked about, you know, people aren't like, uh, going up and down the aisles asking, you know, what are some new brands? They just kind of want to grab what they know and run out. What is it? What is that customer interactions, um, with the normal, you know, uh, just the average day buyer been looking like during all this?
1: So for us with like I said, the, the activations, it's been less, with a few of the off premise locations that we had, put together some something simple as tastings. Just get have opportunity for people to try our product. Uh, I mean, that's going to be key, uh, regardless of the pandemic or not. Just so, just scheduling those tastings. So we did really well with the multiple tastings that we set up. Um, I think that uh, we decided to. Um, off premise, we wanted to hit those really hard. So, each of the locations that we were in, we scheduled multiple tastings in those locations. Um, we also just partnered with several different um, venues that were having pop up shops or whatever there. Um, and we just kind of go set up and we just kind of give out free sounds to everyone. Um, so, people can just try to to, to to engage with the brand, they get the experience who, uh, and meet who our team is. They got to taste what to keep their friends. Um, the good juice of, in our in our bottle, so that's kind of what that product that 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 those activations have been like. And then as far as the own premise, we're really just now getting started with those because, like I said, everything is now just now opening back up. But there's been a few uh, situations where we we're, we'll go in, do some uh, uh, bar spin, and just buy around the shots or not really shots, but around the drinks for everyone, and just kind of call it a day there. So it's really just kind of. Uh, strategically placing ourselves into um, locations where we know there's going to be a good group of people that are open to trying something new. Um, and then that's just kind of been our plan, man, Let's go get out and let mm-hmm. people try to kill their friends.
0: Definitely. Is there with the activations, um, I guess, hypothetically, in the future without COVID-19, is there any I guess, goals on uh, any spots that you'd really want to go to um, to do kind of an activation event?
1: Uh, I don't know if we have any goals or spots that we want to hit just yet because right now we're really just trying to shoot our shot at as many locations that we want to, to just so we can get in and get our product out there. I um, have to revisit that question just to kind of see if there's any anything ideally that we'd like to, to, to kind of partner with. Um, we've, um, there's a couple different different um, groups in Dallas. So the uh, Dallas Greek Society, they are just kind of huge. We're putting together things for the Greek life. I mean, also just different communities. So we're partnering with them with them for a huge uh, Memorial Day book party. So this, this should be fun. Um, like I said, our, our brand is going to sponsor that. Um, and so we're just kind of looking forward to that. But as far as ideal um, activations or lo- locations, any location that's open to uh, trying a great tequila a great premium tequila uh, we are open to talking and having discussions with them
0: oh, okay and uh you said the Dallas Greek Society yes oh, okay is that uh is that like a fraternity or
1: so yeah it's it's a group that um pretty much brings together all of the uh, fraternities and sororities in Dallas. Um, And I just kind of sponsor and promote different events that are going on to bring, like I said, Greeks and non-Greeks together just to have a great time. Um, So that just, um, one of the things that they they do really well.
0: Mm -hmm. Has there been, um, is there any trends that you're possibly noticing, um, I guess in this collaboration with uh, younger demographics, um, like what they like to drink? Because I know with, uh, I'm in a couple of, email change that kind of does some just random wine and spirits national news and everything and uh from what i've been saying that there's definitely huge push towards i think sometimes like lighter drinks i know like because they're kind of talking about uh i think specifically with heineken making huge division cuts except for their seltzer department where that's you know, going huge because I guess in their mind, they're like um, during COVID-19, you know, a lot of bars and pubs are shut down. But outdoor events um, where people are more likely to drink seltzers are just popping right now. So I don't know. Have you been, yes, noticing any types of trends?
1: No, I would definitely agree with the whole seltzer, uh, the whole white cloud trend. Um, everyone's trying to create their um, their real light drink to, to hit the market. Um but that that's been the biggest trend that I have noticed personally. Um everyone's just trying to jump on that bus and and ride the wave with um those seltzers.
0: Mm-hmm. No. But I kind yeah, I can also see um I mean I know with with the tequila that you're working with when you talk about the imports of being able to drink it straight. I mean I know that's a huge trend as well as the idea of having people who are wanting to drink things that don't have major preservatives and everything. Cause I've had, you know, definitely types of things where I'm where I'm kind of like just have one drink and I know I'm going to have a, a huge hangover the next day and just, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, no, I think I can imagine with your products, that's definitely a huge trend as well.
1: No, for that. sure. man. I think that's uh, one of the key things that we also wanted to do with our tequila was to make sure that we can create something that people can enjoy um, today, and they won't feel the pain of it tomorrow. Um, so, just quick example. Uh, so, myself, um, I, one of my business partners, Brandon, and then also Rod. So, Brandon is a type one diabetic. Um, we will say that we're not doctors, we're not experts, but for him personally, um, him being a, a diabetic, tequila is the only alcohol or spirit that he can consume that doesn't send him into a diabetic shock, and so. That's one of the reasons why we kind of started to gravitate towards tequila. So uh, like I said, that was helpful for him. For myself, being an athlete, I like to work out a lot. And so tequila was for me, was one of those things that I didn't have crazy hangovers the next day. So I can still get up and go run um a couple miles, go work out, hit the gym, and I'd be fine. And like some other part and Rod, he's a social butterfly. Give him some tequila. He's going to talk to any and everyone. I mean, he's going to do that regardless, but uh, get him a little tequila with friends. He's definitely going to uh, co-mingle with any and everyone, and he's going to make sure that he puts a smile on everyone's face. Um, but no, um, but yeah, so that, that was one of the good things uh, about our tequila. That, and one of the great things that we've been hearing from the people who've tried it, um, the, the people who purchased it, is that they drink it, they drink it straight, they drink it on the rocks. They mix it, they down a whole bottle, and they feel fine the next day. They don't have that sluggish feel. And so that was one of the great things that we love hearing about our tequila.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's definitely uh, yeah, really interesting to see how kind of each one of you has a very unique insight or kind of like why you got into uh, the specific tequila environment and each coming from kind of a different background. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, like with, uh, with the customers uh, saying really good things about your products. I know um, really on the website, I saw the 2020 international spirits competition award. Yes, And I was wondering if you wanted to uh, speak a little bit about that on how you got involved in that competition. And um, I guess what were the re- reactions?
1: Gotcha. So yeah, for the, um, that was the 2020 New York International Wine Spirits Competition. Uh, this competition, we, we nearly missed the cutoff because it was one of those COVID things. They didn't know how they were going to proceed with the competition. And so we, did not, we didn't know if it was advantageous of us to participate or not. Um, spoke with the guy who was running um, the show there. He was like, you guys are fine. Go ahead and submit your product. We'll get you entered into, into the contest. No worries. Um, of course, we were skeptical, skeptical because we just didn't know with COVID uh, how this product worked. We just shipping a, a couple of bottles off to some to random guys in New York that's running this huge uh, event. So um, a few weeks later after our submission, we heard back that our tequila had placed, uh, had won a silver medal um, in, in the competition. So that was awesome. I think it, it scored 92 points. Um, and so it was a blind taste test. Um, they didn't know who the brand was um, until the end of the competition. So that was huge. And that was very major for us. Um, Just one of the many things that we accomplished in 2020 during the pandemic that was just kind of an unexpected victory for our team. And so that was great Um, just hearing that. And then hearing the feedback from our customers, they they are obviously excited that we won that award. Um, And so that just kind of brings a little more credibility to our brand that we're not just creating any kind of tequila. We are creating a uh, a quality premium tequila that not only tastes good, not only goes down smooth, but is an award-winning tequila as well. So that was our first competition that we entered, won an award. We're actually in the process of finding other competitions to enter for this year. Um, we're going to submit our Blanco, the Repo, and the añejo as well. So we're going to enter our entire suite um, and see how well we do. Um, hopefully this year we can rack up a few more awards for uh, all of our tequilas.
0: Yeah, it's definitely really cool. Uh, Are you able to name any of the competitions you're going to or is it still under wraps?
1: So, yeah, we we don't have a definitive uh, list yet. Um, We're still just trying to uh, pick and choose because there are so many different competitions. And so one thing that we want to do is make sure that we're picking a competition that is one of the, of the high standards that we the to the quality competition. And it's not just Joe Blow spirits competition. It's going to be one of the big, bigger spirit competition that we're, we're, we're going up against some big names and making sure that our, our tequila stands out. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: No. Yeah. I definitely hope. uh Yeah. You guys, I, I can imagine. Yeah. That that already that New York competition definitely brings credibility on any potential, customers in the future, or if you ever do kind of any retail chains that kind of see that, um, yeah, it would definitely build your recognizability as well. Yeah. Was, um, uh, I'm
1: sorry. Um, but yeah, that was definitely very helpful as we started shopping our brand to different owned and off-premise locations. Okay. Here's a couple guys that are from Dallas that has their own tequila. Okay, cool. Oh, their tequila actually won an award. Then it opened their ears and, and opened their eyes to make mm-hmm. them really consider us and our brand that we're not just coming in just trying to sell them any of them. Um, so I definitely think that was part of the um the pitch that helped us a lot, just having an established credibility that we did win an award, that um, that opened more doors than uh, we expected. Mm-hmm. No,
0: yeah, I think um yeah, really with uh To kind of wrap this up, I wanted to ask about specifically the ambassador program, because I know we've, uh, I remember we had a conversation and yeah, that definitely came up and you kind of mentioned it earlier um, on this episode. Really, I wanted to ask, uh, you know, if you want to explain a little bit about the ambassador program, the importance of it to Tequila with Friends and kind of what you look for in, in in a high quality ambassador.
1: Gotcha. So, yeah, our ambassador program, we're like I said, we are still putting the uh, final touches on it, but we have started to roll it out. Um, what are we looking for in an in ambassador? One, it has to be someone who embodies the the, the spirit of friendship. Um, we want to make sure that this is someone who truly enjoys being amongst friend and, friends and having a good time. Um, Our our motto is to invigorate and inspire friendships through adventure and exploration. So anyone who fits that mold, they are great quality for an ambassador for us. Um, And then another thing is that with our our ambassador program, we are opening our ambassador uh, program up to anyone. So um, because the biggest thing is that when it comes to friends, what my friends look like will differ from what your friends look like. And your friends would differ from what the next person's friends look like. But at the end of the day, if we all start um, mingling, networking and coming together, we can build what we like to call the power of friends. And that's what's going to drive Tequila with Friends to become a successful brand is that we have these different friend groups coming together to, one, show that they're having fun, enjoying great tequila. And then they're just living life. And so that's the the, the premise of our program. Um, So, yeah. So anyone, like I said, we don't have any restrictions on who and who can and who cannot be in our program. But, like, you just kind of meet those basic things. You are – you really enjoy friendship. You you enjoy great tequila. Um, We're definitely open for having those conversations. Um, To find out more about the Ambassador Program, you can literally just go – you can hit our social media, Tequila with Friends. Uh, or all social platforms, or you can hit our uh, website, Tequila Friends, as well. Shoot us an email. Let us know that you're interested in the ambassador program. We have an ambassador packet that we can send out that kind of outlines all of the requirements um, and things that we're looking for and, and how we are going to take care of our ambassadors. Um, But yeah, we just want an ambassador program with good people that love to have fun while enjoying great tequila.
0: No, I really hope that, um, what are some of the, how many ambassadors are in the program right now?
1: Uh, right now we have about four or five, um, yeah, about four or five right now, but we're definitely trying to expand that list. Um, cause we started out with as with anything that we've done is trial and error, but we started out with a, a bunch of key folks that we are very close with within the city of Dallas that have some kind of influence. They are, uh, they are in the industry doing their own thing. So they may be party promoters. They may have a a hip hop book club. They may have a thing called the Batty Brush. So we just kind of partnered with several different friends that are out in front of different groups of people that uh, likes to, one, they always have drinks at their events. So Mm -hmm. we're looking for those type of folks for sure. Um, But yeah, so we just started with the the folks that are kind of close to us, but we're definitely um, open and we're looking to expand that um, with, one, folks within DFW, but also we're in the process of establishing ambassador pro- ambassadors in Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. Um, we are, like I said, right now, uh, Tequila with Friends is only available in Dallas, but our distributor has got has us ready to go in Houston, um, Austin, and San Antonio, San Antonio to come next, so We're we're trying to expand our reach. And so we need ambassadors from every part of Texas. Um, Mm -hmm. Our goal is to become Texas's favorite Tequila. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. um, Going to Austin and Houston. No, that's definitely exciting that the distributor is on board and, you know, thinks it's a good call to check out those markets.
1: Yep. Yep. So like I said, we're excited, man. And so, um, like I said, if anyone is looking for uh, ambassador programs, um, they love tequila, they love to have good time with good friends uh, and wants to, to be a part of a great group of uh, guys, then Tequila with Friends is the space for you. Um, our doors are open for any and everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I could definitely. Um, yeah, I definitely want to Yeah, speak with anyone that's possibly interested in that ambassador program. Um, as well as, yeah, I definitely would want to do some type of collaboration in the future. Cause I know with, uh, before COVID-19, I was doing, um, really kind of young professional happy hour events. Mm-hmm. Um, so really after COVID-19, when it becomes comfortable where the idea of kind of indoor happy hours are, you know, comfortable and, you know, uh, everyone's safe and everything. Um, but no, I definitely want to keep on, uh, doing larger scale events of that nature but no no yeah definitely it'd be cool to have some type of collaboration on something like that oh
1: for sure man we're definitely we're looking forward definitely would uh, love to partner with you and collab yeah. on some of the events that you, you you have going
0: yeah definitely well thank you again man for coming on this episode with me and explaining to deal with friends um kind of uh, really, the start of it, how you adapted to the pandemic. Um, what are your goals for the future with markets and customers? But I'm really excited to kind of see where this brand goes and just being able to kind of work with each other in the future.,
1: All right, awesome, awesome. yeah, and, and thank you again for the the invitation. um definitely love the conversation. I've been following the things that you've you've been doing, I've been listening to your podcast. Um, definitely love some of the conversation the prior guests that you had on. Um, And again, thank you for initially reaching out uh, when you did way back when, just to have (laughs) a conversation. So, um, like I said, that's—I think that's key, man. Just folks just reaching reaching out and just extending an olive branch to uh, to others. And so, who knows what will spark from those those conversations and those relationships? So, I'm definitely looking forward to working with you again.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you, ma'am.
1: All right, you have a great one.
0: You too.